Good evening, folks. This is your host, Terry Farley in Dallas, Texas. Now calling to each one of you from the eye of the storm. The eye is at the very center of a hurricane. Regardless of how powerful the hurricane, the eye at the center is calm. God's word leads us to the eye, for the Lord encourages each of us to be still and know that he is God. Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. Thank you each and every one very much for joining me this evening. I really appreciate it. Another good evening, folks. Another good Sunday evening, Maranatha. All desiring to follow along may open their Bibles to Proverbs, beginning in chapter 3, verse 23 and following. That's uh, Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 23. Welcome to all, especially all of our new listeners uh, to From the Eye of the Storm. Tonight, we continue our heading for Calm Harbor, our port of call, centered at the very eye of the storm. All desiring, uh, and I just read that, so I'm going on. Remember something new. Remember, we left off with verse 22 of chapter 3 of Proverbs, discovering that keeping sound wisdom and discretion gives life to your very soul and grace to your neck keeping you from becoming obstinate and stiff-necked in any situation, instead of bestowing grace as God blesses with understanding. Verses 23 through 26 reflect the deepening of that grace in multiplied blessings. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down in thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. When we know where we are going and who is leading us, our confidence soars and we are able to relax and learn to enjoy the journey because that understanding bestows the peace of God that passes understanding. We are ensconced in God's care, safe again, steadying our walk on solid ground, no stumbling. Sleep is uh, void of nightmares because we are not afraid. Our sleep is sweet. We sleep the sleep Shakespeare coined as sleep that knits the raveled sleeve of care. Psalm 126 emphasizes, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Psalm 126, verses 1 and 2. Verse 25 offers a caution. Do not be afraid of sudden fear. Yes, fear itself can reproduce exponentially. We've all experienced the cry, have you heard? God's word encounters with, have you known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. 
His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. The desolation of the wicked shall come quickly. Don't be surprised. They have been warned. Decades back, working in Gardner, Montana, with a pastor, I was on top of a large pile of logs when they suddenly came loose. Dancing for all I was worth to keep my balance, my arms flailing all about me, I kept upright only through God's grace for a good 15 or 20 seconds as the logs under my feet continued to viciously shift until the finally settling down. The pastor, who had stood there helpless watching the entire episode, was speechless, as was I. We never spoke about it. The Lord shall keep thy foot from being taken. What then are we to do with this divine largesse God bestows so abundantly? Verses, verses 27 through 30 inform. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, Go, and come again, and tomorrow I will give uh, when thou hast it by thee. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with a man without cause, if he have done thee no harm. We come upon a reminder of God's timing and provision in the midst of his instructions to give as it is given unto us. In verse 28, we come upon once again the ancient spelling first noted in Jesus' instructions in our walk during his Sermon on the Mount. In this proverb, we see evidenced once more the spelling too, and then morrow, revealing the passage of time to the next day as viewed in times gone by, a perception presently, presently joined to account for the reflection of time accelerating in recent centuries to tomorrow. God's revelation that that time we now perceive as nearly immediate in our hurried lives, Jesus warns, is in God's control, and thus we may not see that morrow. The time to act, as the Romans realized, is carpe diem, seize the day. That is, then do good and hear. Do good now and hear when you have the time. Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. For the forward is abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Surely he scorneth the scorners, uh, but he gives grace unto the lowly. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. Wisdom is juxtaposed against evil in the closing verses of Proverbs chapter 3. Regardless of their apparent and temporary successes, we are not to envy the oppressor. When one reaps what one reaps, one will sow. Thus we are not to choose any of the ways of evil, the ends never justifying the means.
Once again, we are reminded of the fro word, those difficult to deal with, those who respond in a contrary fashion, those habitually disposed to disobedience and opposition. God's secret is with the righteous. Conversely, God's curse abides in the house of the wicked. This explains the turmoil in houses that are divided, at the least, and given over to evil, at the worst. Once more, proof is affirmed in God's blessing, the habitation of the just. In closing chapter 3, we scan a brief review of these early introductory chapters. Chapter 1 introduces wisdom and its counterpart, evil. Note that some would suggest wisdom against stupidity, which would be fair but inaccurate. For to eschew wisdom, one must choose the result, which chapter 1 forcefully exposes as that which is evil. The reader is then confronted with the choice of choosing good, wisdom, or evil, self-destruction. Chapter 2 reaffirms wisdom over evil, expanding the insights for both, concluding with the unalterable judgment of all who choose evil. Chapter 3 cements the eternal reality of God's superiority over evil, his unalterable ways, closing this brilliance with his prophesied glory for all who choose him and the shame that will be the promotion of fools all foolishly disdaining his free offer of eternal salvation. Yes, now we begin to approach the borders of stupidity, for a fool is someone totally cognizant of recognizing wisdom and yet being forward or contrarily against wisdom, preferring their own way. Chapter 4 of Proverbs begins the deep study of the Word of God, Repetition is God's theological mucilage. It was a favorite axiom of my favorite teacher in Bible school, Marshall Dykes, who I am sure is now with Jesus, as he was elderly when I first met him, as I was signing up for his class on Galatians. Indeed, the more one reads the Bible, the more one encounters words and phrases that mirror one another. Ergo, one can peruse scripture easily discovering what appear to be near redundancies, repetitions of facts and points already established. What can be understood as overkill is in fact a formatted design to lead one to higher and greater truths. For within each usage lies elements and pieces of other teachings and doctrines that interweave to form the continuing completion and counsel of God. Thus, scholars of his word spend their lives delving deeper and deeper into his divine revelation. Proverbs chapter 4 verses 1 through 6 return us to the conundrum in our search for wisdom, easily exemplified in the relationship of Hollywood and the legal profession. The film industry's uh, treatment of lawyers ranges from ridicule to worship depending on the film and the actor. One Spielberg character in the first Jurassic Park film remarks, speaking of a condescending, greedy hireling, I don't like lawyers, do you? (laughs) Yet in another film, the heroic lawyer humiliates Jack Nicholson, boxing him in 
and then getting him arrested during a trial in a court of law, showing to the world that right makes might. So for pure truth, we must return to Proverbs and God's view of law. Chapter 4, verse 1. Hear you children the instruction of a father, and attend to know understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. To gain wisdom, one must first of all pay attention and listen, learning to understand, perhaps a supporting reason for God to instruct that believers be still and know that he is God. Granted, this young man was richly blessed with a devoted father and mother who both loved and prized him deeply. Perhaps again, because they had lost their first son in childbirth, making this child even more precious, Solomon being the first of four sons. Verse 2 then emphasizes Solomon is receiving good doctrine, and these teachings are of God's law. Verse 4 reveals David's, David taught Solomon personally, instructing him to keep these words in his heart. A mirror image of Psalm 119.11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. The end game of such discipline closes this verse. Keep my commandments and live. Many of us are familiar with the phrase, laying down the law. But here we are receiving divine law, which can eternally bless each of us richly as we meditate on it continuously. Any thinking of overemphasis here is caught short on the immediate response of verses 5 through 9. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee, love her and she shall keep thee. Uh, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Can't help but think of the relatively new social media outlet, Getter, and their Google motto, the ad reads, the marketplace of ideas. Get wisdom, get understanding. This is the theme of Proverbs. Don't forget it. Don't back away from the words you are hearing. Don't forsake wisdom, because wisdom will preserve you, keep you safe for uh, any that are not clear. Ergo, learn to love, yes, L-O-V-E, wisdom, and she shall keep thee. Verse 7 nails it to the door. Wisdom is the principal thing. Get it. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt wisdom and she shall promote you. She shall bring you honor when you embrace her. She'll give to your head an ornament of grace. Remember in the last chapter, Proverbs 3, grace to thy neck and grace bound about thy neck. 
shall be both uh, life to your soul and grace to your neck. God then delivering you a crown of glory. Ergo, the principal thing is wisdom. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Verses 10 through 20 of chapter 4 provide the reader who ascribes to these jewels of wisdom long life, assurance of faithful guidance in the right paths, the avoidance of poverty, balance and poise to run the race. If one takes a firm grasp of these teachings and does not release them, but keeps them close, because wisdom shall be thy life. Speaking of words to the wise, a truth was just opened to me as I am relaying these uh, proverbs, benefiting myself to continue to learn. I shall be forever grateful for all in my life who insisted on crafting the knowledge they were bestowing, whether teacher, writer, leader, or friend, with challenging me always to improve my vocabulary. The rewards of properly employing words are many, causing one to continue to stop along the way to plumb the rich perspectives held within language. Thus, insight is awakened when reading in verse 12, straightened is exposed to be impoverished, poverty-stricken, poor, destitute, penniless. To be fair, other translations render other understandings, which you are welcome to plumb. Still, the revelation that cultivating wisdom aids in avoiding poverty is a surefire encouragement to any of us with common sense. Verses 14 through 19 switch the perspective from the do's to the don'ts of attending to the do-nots. Some other things in life are just not as good to do as others. Still, more activities are not simply not good to do, but are in fact wrong. Yet more are worse, finally falling under the category of sin. Sin is always that which goes against what God commands against. These actions are dubbed sins and place the sinner in the category of those that must be judged. Modern society has continued to lessen the warnings against sin, erasing in many cases any liability to the individual, even society as a whole, to the point of dismissing God, their creator, altogether. Here we can praise God for the provision of his word that we might be able to find our way through the confusion of life by his word and teachings. As we've already discovered, the book of Proverbs is open, openly clear about the path of right, rightness or righteousness, that we may discover God's path to not only a victorious life, but to the glories of eternal life with God. Now, verses 14 through 19 of Proverbs, chapter 4. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. It, and avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, pass away. For they sleep not except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is darkness, they know not at what they stumble. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 14 through 19. Another don't is given, another do not is applied. 
the wise are cautioned against the paths of evil, against their ways, warned not to even pass by it, to turn away and pass from it, because the evil cannot sleep unless they've done mischief and caused someone to fall, even indiscriminately, that they might finally sleep. Their bread is wickedness, their wine is violence, a meal of judgment to themselves. Conversely, the path of the righteous shines brightly, ever increasing brightly to the perfect day. The wise are reminded of the Lord's way, even in the storm. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Psalm seventy-seven nineteen. While here in Proverbs four nineteen, the wicked stumble in the darkness. That is their way. Proverbs 4 finishes with a flourish of attention to the right way, the good way, the prosperous way, God's way that shepherds his flock from the wilderness, even through the storms of life, with one final lone word of direction, advising personal effort away from evil. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Opening in verse 20, the writer underlines attention to wisdom, sharpening the listener's ear to hear, insisting the need to keep wisdom before your eyes and even to the very depths of your heart, because they are life to those who find them. Jesus declared, seek and ye shall find. Words of wisdom are health within themselves, even bodily health to all of one's flesh. Your heart is to be kept with all diligence, because out of your heart come the issues of life. Put away tendency to being stiff-necked, which then affects our speaking from that word forward given in earlier Proverbs. Adding to that area of vocabulary is the inclusion of perverse in verse 24. Though it's easy to overlook words like this, as already known, a public definition is quite cutting showing a deliberate and obstinate desire to behave in a way that is unreasonable or unacceptable, often and in spite of the consequences. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 13 through 15 explains this insight with an expanded description, which is extremely helpful. He winketh with his eyes, he speaketh with his feet, he teacheth with his hands, frowardness is in his heart, he deviseth mischief continually, he soweth discord. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. Any bells ringing are suggesting a change of course, perhaps even drastically. Verses 25 and 26 provide a tact to course change. Look straight ahead, avoiding even a wink. Consider where you step, allowing God to direct your steps, and they shall be established. Verse 27 closes the chapter, alerting the listener to look neither right nor left, that one might remove thy foot from evil. Our studies and learning in Proverbs, the Lord willing, shall pick up next Sunday evening with chapter 5. For further encouragement in God's word, may I introduce 
Just Google T.L. Farley Books. Blast off for PMR, Edition 5, Jesus' Atomic Any Moment Shout for Scripture, Bound for the Greatest Ride Off This Earth. From Genesis through Revelation, with 25-plus Bible versions in Alpha and Alpha indexed continuity, 1,350-plus verses for encouragement. Plenty of room. Everyone is invited to the rapture. You only need Jesus. Oh, and for someone, uh, would someone tell Elon we are bypassing Mars? Again, just Google T.L. Farley Books for more than a day sale. The very moment Jesus shouts, on that day, that must be called today. Why today? Jesus is out today knocking on heart's doors across the earth. Hear him. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into them and will sup with them and they with me. You can also check out at D.L. Farley Books, When Now Becomes Too Late, my first book on the rapture, which which was actually being published, uh, uh, was in the publishing process on the very morning of uh, 9-11. Yeah, I was watching the towers fall while I was deciding I needed to keep the title, which was the working title that I'd had for several years uh, as I wrote that first book. Uh, if you get a chance, when now becomes too late, to give yourself time perspective on God's movement. And uh, also distant reaches for a look into my own personal life so you know that I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. And the Lord willing, until we meet again next Sunday evening from the eye of the storm. Brothers and sisters, fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, uncles, aunts, cousins, new friends, and old friends, and strangers. Good harvest. Maranatha. And I say again, Maranatha. And that's the wrap for this evening, folks. May we all join together in prayer that each of us has a good night. And the Lord willing, until we meet next time, or until Jesus shouts and we meet in the air or at supper. Here's bidding you all, each and every one, the very best Jesus has to offer you. From the eye of the storm, this is your host, Terry Farley, bidding you a good evening.